While the round of applause are going, let me welcome our MVP to the show today, uh, Jeff Toyana, uh, Titans coach, who now joins us on the line. Coach, a warm welcome to the show and thank you so much for your time. Yes, afternoon, Romy, and uh, afternoon to the listeners. Really good to have you. How have you spent your Saturday? This ahead of Father's Day tomorrow. Yeah, just chilling at home, you know, like like as usual. Uh, we are chilling at home. We're trying to like make a bright mm. uh, for tomorrow. So, yes, I'm still waiting for the presents, though. <laughs> just wait and see. What are you hoping to get? What are you hoping to get? Do you get the same gift for Father's Day? Uh, are you big on <laughs> gifts or is it more about the family time? Yeah, well, it's about family time. But my wife always gets me socks. So I don't know why, but uh, like I expect socks tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I can tell you something. It's really cold, so socks I yeah. think are more than welcome, right? Yes, I'm sure. Like it will come in handy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who's the bry master? Is that you taking charge uh, uh, of the fire? Yes, that's me. That's me taking charge. I mean, I'm one of the best priors, you know, like in the country. Really? So I pride myself in my bry. Yes, ah, I'm quite good. <laughs> good. So what is on the bry today? We've got some chops and some bones and some chuck. And how so is it spiced? Because isn't the whole bri- is the brine master? Does it yeah. lie in the how you turn the meat, or is the secret in the <laughs> in the spices? No, it's a secret of mine that I you know I don't tell too many people about. So, but I did marinate the meat overnight, so it is looking good. Mm. <laughs> With what, coach? With what? With some spices. <laughs> <laughs> You're not giving much away, but mm, I'm hungry. I'm hungry just thinking about it. We've made it today 85 of a national lockdown. How has the past few months been for you as you reflect back? I mean, we're kind of coming out of it now, you know, but in, I guess, in the deep, deepest, darkest depths of the coronavirus belly where we sat in this lockdown, how were you managing and coping? Yeah, it was tough. I mean, it is a difficult time for everyone, you know, like in the country and in the world. Uh, just take precautions, taking precautions, you know, like that was something that was big for me and my family as well. And, um, yes, it's quite been tough and boring as well sometimes. But uh, like at the Titans, I mean, we've got Manja Mashindi, like who's the head coach of the Titans, mm-hmm. and I'm his assistant coach for this coming season. Mm-hmm. We did make a Zoom group, you know, with all our squad players, about 20 20, 24 players, and then we just try and keep in touch, you know, the twice a week, yeah. you know, the chatting about uh, like the things that guys are going through and things like that, because, it, you know, it can be a tough time as well, mm. and with mental health as well, you know, there as well, mm-hmm. it does get difficult sometimes, but if you're chatting with the brothers and like that you're close to, I think it gets, you know, easier, like in a way, and then um, um, your days can go you know, you know, a touch quicker. Yeah, yeah. Yes, we're coming out of it, you know, very, very soon. But still, I mean, like, the danger is still there. It's important that we still keep, you know, ourselves clean, you know, and we look after after each other as well. Mm, mm. I yeah. know that. I like how you bring the mental health aspect into it because it is an important one. We've never been here, you know. We don't quite mm. know how to digest or what to do with where we are, especially, mm. I guess, stages one and, and two, where you're not too sure what tomorrow brings. What would you say was the the lowest point for you if you did reach a low point in all of this? 
Yeah, I mean, there's times, there's times, you know, like like if you're waking up or going to bed with nothing to like look forward to, you know, it can really, really get tough. I mean, like on my down days, you know, I think I've read about 20 books now. Wow. So like I've finished, I'm like I've finished all the books. Like that's what um, has been keeping me going. Yeah, but, but it's tough. I mean, it's tough. And I'm quite fortunate that I've got kids as well who keep me busy, you know, like, like in the house. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. with kids now, like having gone back to school. I mean, like there are like those down days where you're just sitting and uh, and it's not easy, you know, but uh, but it is necessary. And also it gives an opportunity to get us to find yourself, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, and who you are and you reflect back at what you've done and and how can you improve, you know, mm. like as you move forward. Mm. So so like there is an opportunity of doing something different or to trying to like uh, to trying to like learn a skill. I mean, before that, that uh, uh, like the only thing I could do was cry. But, yeah, but, but now, you know, I can cook now. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what can you make? What can you make? <laughs> Jeff's cookbook hitting the shelves <laughs> soon. Yes, yes. Like my specialty <laughs> these days is is uh, uh, spaghetti bolognese. I oh. mean, yes, yes. I make a mean spaghetti bolognese. So like it's a skill that I've learned. I mean, um, yeah, just finding yourself. I think like that's one of the most important things that you can do. Mm. And um, yeah, I try to stay positive as well because we don't know like what's gonna happen. And like that's the message that we've sent to the players as well. That try and stay positive. And uh, like we were quite happy. Oh, like I was quite happy on Monday, Tuesday when CSA said like we're gonna have the three TCs yes. um, and like the competition. But I see now it has been postponed. Mm. So. So I think it's back to square one. <laughs> you know, th- that is my concern. We get so excited for a little bit of, I guess, sunlight mm-hmm. that we see coming through those windows, you know, when it comes to sport, only for that to be taken away again. And, I mean, how did you feel about that? It was like, I don't know. <laughs> it's yeah. almost like, you know, <laughs> a little bit of a song and a dance and then back to, ah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, you know, because I just saw now, like in the last half an hour that, you know, like everything has gone back. And um, yes, I was quite fortunate that I was announced as the coach of the like like AB Eagles. Mm-hmm. And then I chatted to AB as well yesterday. And the two of us were just keen, you know, to get it on. Like from Wednesday, like our training days were, were uh, um, uh, like going to be, you know, like on Wednesday. Yeah. And um, yes, as you say now, I mean, like that up has gone down, you know. I think mm. I need to go... I'll get another book, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so you, you've got a cookbook so. coming out soon, <laughs> as well as Jeff's library that is in operation already. If you yeah. had to choose um, between being a South African first-class cricketer and a bry yeah. master, which title would you choose? Oof. That's a tough one, but I'll go for the prime master. Eh? You, no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. You're pulling my I'm, leg. I'm so good these days. I mean, <laughs> like going back to, at, like, at, at, to being, you know, a first-class cricketer again. I mean, the pressure, um, like batting and facing Gary Stain. Mm-hmm. Um, no, like I will not be happy with that. At least with the prime you know, I'm home, I'm chilling, you know, <laughs> so I'll be quite relaxed. happy there. Like, there's yeah. no pressure. Yeah. <laughs> How did you fall in love with cricket? Did it come and find you or did you find the sport? Uh, my dad, my dad, eh, because he played uh, for the Black Eleven in the 1960s. 
Um, like any other township uh, boy, I mean, like I'm from Soweto, you know, like in Orlando East. Mm-hmm. Um, um, like I had dreams of one day playing soccer for like Orlando Pirates because yeah. I'm from Orlando. And then, yes, I played a bit of soccer, but by age 12, 13, um, I was starting to get into trouble, you know, like as any other township boy, you know, like mm-hmm. in the 80s mm-hmm. and early 90s. And my dad saw the troubles coming and he forced me basically to play cricket. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like, that's where like I am today because I know that if I didn't play cricket, you know, like, I'll, you know, it's either be, you know, like I'll be in prison or, or like I'll be dead because like all my friends, you know, like have passed on or, wow. or like they are like in prison. So cricket saved me like in a way. It but, saved your uh, life? Yeah. Um, yes, in a way, like if you may put it like that. I'm like, my dad played um, a massive role in that, yeah. Mm, mm. So who's better, you or your dad? I was chatting to Kaya not too long ago as well, because <laughs> he was saying when the family gets together, it's how he fell in love with rugby, because he wanted to be a part of those rugby conversations, you know. And now mm. with obviously cricket also in your family, are there those conversations as to who was better? <laughs> Well, at the time, I mean, like my dad passed on 2000. Yeah, but, but at the time, I mean, we did have our fights because I've always believed that I was a better player, you know, than him. And because he was the best man, you know, like he better number seven. And uh, and uh, like for me, I mean, like I was a number four, number five better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like I've always told him that when he played in his days, like they, they, like they pulled underarm. So, yeah, yeah. so it was quite easy for him. And then with us, I mean, like, we had to face guys like Alan Donald at the time and the guys like Sean Pollock and Makai Antini, uh-huh. you know. So it was more tougher for us. And he didn't like that. He said, you know, like, when he played, you know, he didn't put uh, the chest pads and, mm. uh, and helmets, you know, <laughs> and things like that. So it was always quite interesting when we were discussing cricket. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> so did you guys arrive at a conclusion to that uh, discussion as to who was better? Uh, well, we... Well, like, I think at the time, it was my mom, you know, who came as well to see me play in a few games. And then she told my dad that, Nana, you know, I think your son was a better player than you. Mm-hmm. you know, and my dad didn't like that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I guess behind closed doors, she told him that he was the better cricketer. So I guess it's even <laughs> Stevens. Sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love what you say in terms of sport and how sport saved you from a lot mm. of things. Your life could have turned out very differently. In mm. Youth Month and where we are today with cricket and the state of cricket in our country, would you say the sport gets taken for granted and that it doesn't quite have the same texture or meaning to the youth of today the way it did for you? Yeah, I can say, I can say sometimes we do take it for granted. I mean, yes, I see there's talks of, of people in some quarters saying that sports and politics don't mix. But for me, sports, you know, as the late... Uh, uh, like Nelson Mandela said, uh, uh, I think that sports, you know, it does unite people. Mm. So I, I think, I mean, um, the danger now that we have, obviously, like in the townships, you know, is the drugs that are busy, like in the townships, yeah. you know, and it's tough for our kids, you know. So the dangers that we have, like, the, you know, every township, you know, like I believe, like they don't have good sports facilities. I mean, mm. like when we were growing up, you know, we played uh, the school sport, you know. Mm. But these days, I mean, like, we don't have that. Like, that's why, like, this high uh, uh, the, um, the high rate of crime as well. 
and our kids being involved in drugs. And then I think if they were sporting facilities, I think it would have been better. And like that's why, you know, like I do believe that um, that sport does take people, you know, like out of the streets and for people to do like better things. Mm. Mm. I agree with you there. What would you say your most important lesson in life cricket taught you? What is it? Um, just for me, like, like what, is, what it has taught me is, um, is uh, sportsmanship, you know, mm. where, you know, irrespective of where you're coming from, but, uh, but once you're part of a team, I mean, you can identify with one another. You know, like when we played, I mean, like in the 90s, you know, like as the pioneers of the so-called culture system, um, it was quite tough for us. I mean, it was tough for us in the township when we were carrying our cricket bags mm. at the, at the, to try go to the Wanderers. And our peers in the township saying to us that we're playing a sport that has brought too many people, you know, trouble. Yeah. And for us to persevere and keep going at it as well and going to town, and going to the Wanderers and meeting people of the different races and us playing together as a team. I think for me, like, that's what, you know, it has brought for me that I, I can identify with all races, mm. you know, through sports. Mm, mm. It is. It is about bringing people together from all walks of life. But when you played, carrying your your bags in a time where cricket is seen as the white man's sport and here mm. you are as a person of colour playing the sport w- was that in itself a, 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 a difficult a difficult time you know to kind of take the insults and the chirps um, mm. um, from from your peers or did it also did it make you stronger or did it make you want to give up and what was that like yeah I mean like many of, uh, um, of my friends uh, that did give up you know because it was tough I mean like you 14, 15, 16 mm. and your friends you used to play soccer with as you go past them, like they're calling you, like Hansi Cronier, Hansi Cronier, you know, you're busy with the white man's sports and things like that. But at the time, I think we had to be tougher. You just had to be tougher because you do, like, enjoy, you know, like the sport and the game as well. So it was not easy. We, we just had to keep fighting and keep going at it yeah. because like, those taunts, you know, were quite difficult. And also going to the Wanderers, you know, like at 5 o'clock in the morning, like you had to go, you know, and catch about three taxes. Wow. You know, it was quite tough. And where I came from, like, there were gangs. And it was difficult at times mm. where you were going past partners and nice. And uh, the party had to, to do it. And um, and they try to get something, you know, like from your family. Uh, I know, you know, at the time, it was my father's dream just to see, you know, at least one of his sons uh, playing uh, cricket, you know, like, like as a professional sport because... He did have four sons before me, mm-hmm. and my four brothers, older brothers, and they didn't want to play cricket. So I think I was the like unlucky one in a way, <laughs> and I was forced into it. But you know, I just had to keep fighting, mm-hmm. and like there was no other way, you know, into it. Yeah. And also in the change rooms, you're sitting in the change rooms with guys around you, thinking, "Are you here because of the color of your skin, or like are you good enough?" And then when you go home, you always ask yourself those questions. Mm. I mean, am I there because I can play or am I there because of a political reason? Yeah. And yeah. those things, I mean, like they do play in your mind and, um, you know, and it's tough, but you just have to be tough mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just see like where it goes. 
when did you stop having that conversation in your mind with yourself as to whether you are good enough, whether you're the token black, and eventually I am good enough? Yeah, for me, I think um, um, it was the time I think we played the Super Sport final. Um, I was still playing at Gauteng at the time. And then I remember like they dropped uh, Derek Crooks for me because like they like had to play two black African players at the time it was me and the late Walter Masimola and then like they dropped a guy like Derek Crooks you know for me mm-hmm. and in the papers I mean if you open the Citizen and the Star at the time you know like those hateful things and uh, 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 that were written yeah. you know like in the paper at that time and then it happened that I think David Tebrucha did get injured Mm-hmm. And then Derek Crooks eventually played in the side. And then I played as well. I still remember, you know, I think I put on about 160 with Daryl Kalinan at the time. Mm-hmm. So I got about 70-odd, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, just walking out of there, you know, like I was so proud, you know, like of myself. Yes. And I shed a tear as well, you Aww. know. And, uh, you know, like I felt, yes, I am good enough. And I can make it as well. Mm. And like that's why when I became coach, you know, I just had to make sure that especially like those black African players, when they come into the change rooms, like they feel comfortable and they feel that like they belong. Yeah, yeah. That is a beautiful story. Um, I'm just listening to you, seeing you there, you know, coming that full circle and really believing that, yes, you are good enough uh, to be there. What would you say was the most hurtful thing written about you, which really, it really sunk in and it really did hurt? Oh, <laughs> I think, I think like the most, uh, for me, like like every time we saw, you know, like that quota name being thrown around. Mm. I mean, a guy like Makai Antini as well, for example, um, had played for the Proteas and excelled at the Proteas. And at the time he was still being called a quota player. Like every time you see that um, word or, or term, you know, it always hurts. Um, you know, it just it, it, um, uh, it takes you down, you know, like, like as a person. Yeah. And like, yeah, like that's why, like, when we grew up, we just had to embrace, like, that term and hoping that, um, that um, you know, it will go away at least one day, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, you know, like here we are now. And um, like the other thing that I do hate sometimes is when I see like a franchise cricket where they're playing black African players. Let's say a bowler plays, he plays number 11 and he bowls two overs. Mm-hmm. Like for me, like that's not a quality of opportunity. Yeah. You know, if a guy is a bowler, you know, he must bowl his allotted overs. Yeah. You know, yeah. that depending on the situation, obviously. And then if a guy is a best man, like he has to bet in the top six. The kind of cases of a player African better betting at number eight or betting at number nine. Like for me, like that's not a quality of opportunity. Yeah. But but I do believe that, that like one day uh, uh, we will get there. Mm, it, it will even out. Uh, we hope yeah. so. We hope so slowly but surely. But then again, we have uh, players like you that really have paved the way for the youth of today to take up absolutely any sport that they want to. I am chatting to Jeff Toyana right here on the Touchline. You're on Radio 2000, 97.2 to 100 FM. I know we've got a caller from Freiburg on the line wanting to ask you a question, Coach. Lucky, you're live on the air. Go ahead. Hello, Rumi. How are you? Always good, Lucky. How are you keeping? 
I'm fine, man. Yeah, Jeffrey, how are you? Hi, hi, boss. Yes, yes, I'm fine. And you? I'm very, very well indeed. Yeah, I just wanted to ask one question, man. I think uh, that one about the court and what, what, I think you've already answered it. And then uh, maybe you can just tell me if you think it's working or it's not working. But the question that I want to ask you now is about uh, the way uh, South Africa, the Proteus, we always perform in big tournaments. We just seem to go there. Maybe I don't know if they are afraid to lose or uh, <laughs> what is it that happens in big tournaments because... Because between, in between the big tournaments, they do well. If, sometimes you find that we are being ranked number one in the yeah. 50s or, or in the T20s. But when you go to the World Cup or in the T20s <laughs> World Cup, they just, there just seems to be something that is holding us back, man. So my question is, where do you think we should be in the second order in the cricket world, actually? Like, should we just accept that the likes of India and England are better than us, we are not good enough to win big tournaments, or is there something that we can do to go up there and go and win the tournament? Because I, I think we have the players, and they mm. play in those uh, at the highest level, they do well even in the IPL and all those other tournaments, but when it comes to doing well in the World Cup, it just doesn't come together. I don't know why. If maybe you can just clarify me on that one, so we can know what is it that is not going right. Why don't we click in big tournaments? Thank you so much, Lucky. What do you have to say about that, Jeff? Yeah, it's, it's a very good question. I mean, I'm sure it's a question that the players as well have asked themselves. Like, we've always taken, you know, good teams to these big tournaments. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like those big moments. I mean, I know um, having spent some time with Fox as well at Pal Rocks, and that's the questions that I always ask him. You know, I think it boils down to those big moments in the games where we just seem to panic. I mean, we just don't embrace like those tough periods. Yeah. And uh, it's happened since we've come back from isolation that uh, we get close in a game that, that we should, you know, win. And then if you look at our sides, like, like we've always um, taken good sides there. I think, you know, they just, um, you know, under pressure, we seem to buckle. Mm-hmm. But the key, I think, as we move forward, we just have to try and talk about it you know, and embrace it that um, it, it has happened. And uh, let us make sure that, like, those big match moments, we play those well, and we don't panic. We just, we just uh, they clear, like, our minds, and then let us go, like, like enjoy mm. ourselves and, uh, and take those big moments. Yeah, yeah. There are big moments. I guess quota was perhaps the word in your day that kind of ruffled your feathers. But in today's world, I think the word is choke, right? Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> that could kind of in- invoke the same sort of frustration uh, when it comes to cricket. But how would you describe the state of cricket in South Africa? Yes, at the moment, I think we are going, you know, like in the right direction. Um, you know, the players are coming through. And uh, yes, yes, I think we're going in the right direction. Yes, we've got Graham Smith, the director, you know, of cricket. And then we've got Mark Boucher as the coach of the Proteas as well. Then if you look down the franchise setup and the semi-pro setup as well, like there's many, many players that are coming through. And uh, it is exciting to see the talent like, mm. that's coming through as well. And yes, I'm quite hopeful uh, that in the next um, uh, a few months, you know, if the T20 World Cup does happen, you know, you know, I believe that we've got the side uh, like, that can challenge uh, uh, and, uh, for that.
Yeah, yeah. Do you feel or do you take the responsibility having paved the way for players of colour in the country when it comes to cricket and being a role model? Yes, I mean, uh, yes, um, as I've said earlier on, I think I can identify with uh, with all players of all races. But for me, I think like those black African players that feel at times like they are like marginalized. I mean, like they know that, you know, on a phone call away, we always talk with players and just make sure that, that we assure them that, uh, you know, like, like what they bring to the table, you know, is their talent. And like they must believe in themselves. I mean, like that's key for me. Definitely a belief in themselves uh, and in the game that we play. If you take a look back and you have to say this was a moment I will absolutely never forget. This makes it into the highest of highs uh, in your books. What would that moment be? Oof, for me, I think my first season, for me, you know, like as the, as the first of, of a black African coach, um, for me, just winning the T20 tournament and um, and winning like that one-day tournament and playing in the Champions League final at the Wanderers in a full Wanderers mm. stadium. Mm, mm. For me, like that's something that you know, you know, like I will take away, you know, with me. And also producing like these players that are playing for the Proteas now. I mean, guys like Terabavuma, guys like Kachis Rada you know, has really, really come through. Mm. And that's something that, you know, for me, you know, is a big tick for me. Yeah. And it's something that I will take with me. Yeah, goose bumpy moments. Let's very quickly go straight to our WhatsApp line. We've got, uh, you're quite popular on the show, and we've got quite a few of our listeners who, who went in on the conversation. Hold the line. Thank you so much there to Libra for those questions. Wow. I mean, he's come out full force. He's like guns blazing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just to answer the first question, I mean, if you had Mulder, um, I played him at the Lions when he was still doing grade 12. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I saw a very, very talented guy who I believe in the future can bet number five for South Africa and be that answer that we've been looking for in terms of that Betting all around, the, mm. you know, in the mold of a just college. 
I really, really back him, and I really, really think he's a good cricketer. He's a proper, proper batsman, as the numbers have said as well. And in terms of bowling as well, yes, I know he's been injured, you know, like a few times. He's still a growing boy, and um, I do believe that by age 24, age 25, he'll be the one that bets, you know, six for South Africa, and 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 him becoming one of the best all-rounders, you know, in the world. Mm, mm. Yeah, and then um, test captaincy, Temba. Yes, Temba Bavuma, really tough, tough character. Tough little player, uh, very, very good player. I mean, he's captained at the Lions, you, you know, uh, in the last couple of years. Um, he's won trophies at the Lions as well. Um, he's got respect, you know, of the players. Mm-hmm. And I know that he wants the job. He loves leadership. He wants to be part of of people like that are making decisions. And it's um, been tough for him, really. I mean, him being dropped, you know, in the last series that he played, yeah. because he was injured. Then he then he was ready to come back, and uh, like they didn't put him in. And um, and I know Temba was hit as well by that, mm-hmm. and um, and the drama just around that and how it happened. I think it was quite tough for Temba, but I know that he's strong mentally. He's strong mentally, and for someone to take over from Faf, because uh, the test captaincy. You know, it's very, very tough. And I know people are just looking at Temba's stats, that Temba has only one test century. Yeah. You know, like they don't see the times that he saved South Africa where he's batted in tough conditions with Quentin de Kock, you know, mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, at most of the times. So, yes, captaincy is very, very tough, you know, at test level. And um, for me, I think it's between him and a guy like Aiden Makram. Yeah. And I know a guy like Aiden Makram as well has, has had his ups and downs. I mean, like his injuries and form as well. But but if we're looking for a guy, you know, who's long term, like my guy will be like a guy like Aiden Makram because he's still young. And Temba, yes, I know Temba is thirty now. And if they're looking for a short term solution, I mean, Temba Bovuma for me, you know, is your man. So mm. it depends where where the grandsmith of, of passion and vision is. But I believe between those two guys. You know, then, uh, 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 like they can take, you know, like our cricket forward. Mm-hmm. We've got another caller here in Johannesburg. It is Azaria. Hi, you're live on the air. Go ahead with your question. Hi, Romy and, and Jeff. Um, you're speaking to Azaria in Johannesburg. Um, I would love to ask a question here. Um, as black people or black players, we are more dominant in bowling. You can look even in the past, the likes of Mfunyak um, Ngam or Sotobe. Sipamla uh, currently, Makayantini, Rabada, Ngidi. Why are our black brothers only dominating with the ball? We only have we only have uh, uh, the future captain, um, Bavuma. That's a recognized batsman. When are we gonna have an opening batsman of our color? So it's only Bavuma now and and the wicketkeeper batsman. Uh, who's this guy? The wicketkeeper batsman. We only have them. So when are we, yeah. why are we dominating with the ball only? Thank yeah, you. very good question. I mean, thank you, thank you, Zaria. Yeah, very good question. Uh, but I think for me, like it comes down as well to the townships. Like when we first start, I mean, like the facilities in the townships are so bad that it's tough, you know, to groom best men that are coming through. But I know now, you know, like our players or Black African people are going to private schools now. 
Um, it might take time just to get them at that level where we need them to go. It's easy for a bowler just to pick up a ball, you know, like and run, you know. And uh, it's tough for batsmen because, you know, like the pitches, you know, like in the townships are not that great. Mm. And at times you're practicing on cement and um, and it really, really gets difficult in 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 terms of technique. Yeah, but as I say now, like there are guys coming through. There's guys like Tashile, you know, who's really, really proved himself, you know, like in the last season or so. He's put in the numbers. And there's guys like Kaya, you know, Kaya Zondo, right, the Dolphins, mm-hmm. um, decent, decent player as well. And uh, yes, um, I believe that in time, you know, we will get like those black African uh, players that are performing and averaging over 40, you know, like in first class cricket. Um, it will take time, but um, yes, we've got some work to do as well as coaches. We must just make sure that we keep producing like those players, especially from 12, 13, 14 year olds. And like, that's where betting starts. Mm. You know, like like those are beginners, you know, um, it is quite important in terms of technique as well. And for them to grow up and know that they can do it and for them to believe that like they are that capable. They can you know, of putting those big numbers. Yeah. I mean, it's disappointing also to hear about the 3T cricket um, and that that has now been postponed. Any word as to when that resumes and when you can go back to to something exciting and something that you were so looking forward to after the lockdown? <laughs> yeah, Ronnie, it's tough, you know, because, we, you know, every player was looking forward to it. And, like, there's no word yet. We just got communication, you know, like in the last hour or so. And... and and uh, that it has been postponed. Um, like there's still some work to do, I'm sure, behind the scenes because mm. we did our testing. Yeah, did, did they did they give you the why? They didn't give us the why because we did all our testing on Monday, you know, and we got our results, um, you know. So, like, you know, like I thought, yes, like like we are uh, going to have some cricket food. So, like, there's no why at the moment. Mm. Uh, but I know that the government as well came in and said, you know, like they were not consulted and things like that. So, um, yes, maybe, you know, you know, like I'm hoping that in the next couple of weeks we will get back and just give people uh, uh, cricket like, yeah. that they've been starved off, you know. Uh-huh, fingers crossed. So when yeah. I said, Jeff, please choose first-class cricketer or Brymaster, you chose Brymaster, right? Yeah. You also started off when we just started chatting. You said that there is uh, some chops on the Bry. Some yeah. vors, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so which Bry master steps away for almost an hour from the fire? Well, I'm sitting on the fire. Is this <laughs> <laughs> That's a good comeback. That's a good comeback. Because I was about to say, look, lunch, late lunch dinner is now officially burnt. <laughs> yeah, well, like there's a few pieces that are burnt. <laughs> I'm trying my best. <laughs> then I'm going to hand to you the title of first class cricketer. Rather, how is that? <laughs> Jeff, it's been an absolute pleasure hanging out. Thank you. Thank you for spending your time with us here on Radio 2000. And everything of the best. We have our fingers crossed to hope that the comeback of cricket is around the corner. Yeah, thanks for me. Thanks for the call. I really, really appreciate it. Anytime. Thank you so much and stay safe. Cheers. Cheerio. Jeff Toyana there just chatting to us. Uh, Prime Master, he says, not first-class cricketer. <laughs> Swapping those titles around. I didn't hear any ch You know how, uh, you know, um, the meat makes when it is on the fire. So, hmm, I think that in the Toyana household, that uh, dinner is 
officially burned. And a big thank you to everybody who has come through, who has tweeted, who sent through a couple of voice notes as well. And I think Azaria, Lucky, as well as Libra, I'm really struggling to see who is it that's taking question of the day. And so today it is a tie between all three of you for coming to the fore with some excellent excellent questions for our MVP. It's 25 minutes after four you're on the touchline and remember your music, our memories, so let's head it. Radio 2000, the station that other radio-